Geek and Friends. I'm your host, Scott Davis, alongside Jason Hickey. Scott, how Jason, you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. It's a uh, quarantine day. It is. All these days are quarantine days. <laughs> you know what else it is? It's what? It's it's the day I have to kill you because there can be only there one. can be only one. It is Highlander Day. Highlander Day. Yes, as I said <clears throat> uh, last episode, we were gonna go and um, rewatch the first movie. Mm-hmm. I actually started watching season one too <laughs> of the show. <laughs> the TV show is highly underrated. Yes, it, it doesn't kick in until season two is when it actually. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the first season is a little rocky, a little cheesy. Yeah. It's very nineties cheesy. The first season, like very... think, think Hercules and Xena, cheesy. They were all on the USA Network, weren't they? I think so, yes. Yeah, and they all had the sort of USA feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it really, it came into its own more in season two because, and well, we can save that for later. We'll go over all of the seasons and we're going to do other, the other movies. So Highlander has, what, four or five movies now? It is five. Five movies. I don't think I've ever seen the last one. And that's the one that's only Adrian Paul. Don't. Yes, I haven't seen that one. So there's the good, the bad, the eh, and the ugly. Okay, see, I would refer to it as the good, the terrible, the retread. Oh, I wasn't going in order. And the meh. <laughs> okay, I just went in order. <laughs> I wasn't going in order. In order, it's the good, the ugly, <laughs> the, the eh, and the bad. That's fair. I I got a soft spot for your bad, but I can't. I understand, but that's just... It was... It's got Donnie Yen! It was something I was so hoping for. Well, yeah. But it just didn't have it. No. But we're going over the good. We're going over the good, yes. Yes. Highlander, first movie. Yes. It stars American Frenchman playing a Scotsman. (laughs) (laughs) Who never once sounds like a Scotsman. Not once. And then we have a, a, a Scottishman playing a Spaniard that's actually from Egypt. Yes. And again, he didn't sound Spanish or Egyptian at all. And then we have the filthy American playing the ancient Russian. Yes, yes. But he did very well. Oh, highlight of the movie. Yes. <laughs> no, to me, though, I don't know which one I was more a fan of before. Was it? I was a fan of Queen into Highlander or Highlander into Queen. Now, for me, it was Highlander into Queen, but I do love some Queen. Now, we're talking Queen the band. They, yes. They, they did all. Of the music. Yeah. There's a lot of original Queen tunes on this, in this movie, and you can tell they wrote it for the movie. Oh, yeah. And some of them are tearjerkers, too. I mean, who wants to live forever? When you watch it in context of the movie, it, it's very emotional affecting. Very. And who, and I mean, Princess of the Universe. I mean, come on. It's fantastic. That is. It's a great it, song. It's a great song. Yeah. When I'm listening to some of the Queen songs, like from their um, CDs or MP3s or whatever. Right. Uh, we have, just like they did with Flash Gordon. <laughs> right. <laughs> because they also did Flash Gordon music. They have, of clippets of them actually saying the words you know there can be only one <laughs> uh, amazing yes now this is pure 80s 100% 100% 80s the story is fantastic oh yeah the acting not so much <laughs> it's got half of great acting it has Sean Connery. It has Sean Connery hamming it up. It has Sean Connery doing amazing yes oh I wasn't saying that negatively Sean Connery is fantastic in this then we have Christopher Lambert, who's a good actor. I wouldn't say he's a great actor. He's all right. He's he's decent, given the right material. Given the right material. The, I mean, you know, he's, he was right in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. He's Connor McCloud in The Highlander. Yes. I mean, he's, he's got a decent, you know, a, a decent right. uh, stock in himself. Part of the thing with this is the character of Connor McCloud, when you compare him to others in the movie, especially some of the other the other immortals you meet. Yes. He's very vanilla. Oh, extremely. Yeah. I mean, he, his backstory is, is awesome. 
I love his backstory. And I love that they basically took his backstory and pirated it for Duncan in the TV series. <laughs> because it's a great backstory. It's an amazing backstory. But and the, and the fact that his backstory alone is like 80% of why the movie is great. Right. And honestly, taking a backstory, having a backstory like that is a reason why the television show was able... It, there's so much to mine. When you have a character who's 400 years old... Mm -hmm. You can just dip back constantly. Exactly. But with that being said, dude's only 400 years old. There is another character in this movie who is 2,500 years old. And that is... Juan Vilos... No, Juan Villalobos (laughs) Sanchez Ramirez. Yes. Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. It's okay. We'll just call him Juan Villalobos. Let's just call him Ramirez, hey? (laughs) Because with him, you've got... And you don't get a ton. You get snippets. You get a little bit of dialogue. Because he is, like you said, he's played by Sean Connery. Very flamboyantly by Sean Connery. Mm -hmm. He is an Egyptian who is pretending to be a Spaniard. Yes. Who carries a katana. Made by Masamun. A thousand years before swords like that were ever made. Exactly. (laughs) Tell me that does not scream awesome backstory. That is an amazing backstory. And if it was the ability to be able to have a pretty much a prequel of of this, I would love to have seen just the journeys of Juan Ramirez. I mean, skip the 100% garbage sequel to this movie. And no matter what, because they did multiple edits of that movie and released them. Every edit is some level of garbage, but it never elevates itself above complete garbage. No, the, the second movie was... A disaster. But we will go over it. We will. We will. Now, they should have skipped that, and they should have brought back Sean Connery, mm-hmm. who was probably objectively the best part of this movie. Uh, I actually have a soft spot for Clancy Brown. Well, okay. <sighs> Arguably the best part of the movie, then. He's <laughs> one of them. They could have taken him and created a series of movies based on his backstory. Yes. Now, give it that, you know, Juan Ramirez is not Highlander. He's not from the Highlands of Scotland. He is not. No. He is, in fact, Egyptian. Yes. And if we had a 2,000-year-old Egyptian, that would have been back in the times of, you know, pyramids. Yeah, the pharaohs. Exactly. And we would have seen the changing from the pharaohs to the Romans and, you know, just changing hands going upon that. Not to mention the fact that if if you pay attention to his dialogue, you know that around the year 500, he was in Japan, Mm -hmm. married to a Japanese princess. Yes. (laughs) Whose father was a phenomenal sword maker. Yes. Times folded. You know, I did the math on that, and the number of layers of steel in that is ridiculous. It has over 60 zeros. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's it's insane. But let's go into the story <laughs> of the Yes, story of the movie. So it's told in a and we've been covering this a lot lately because of we're talking about Westworld. We talked about um The Witcher. The Witcher. Because we were talking about time. Yeah. And um and time manipulation and time and, and, yeah, and time. Exactly. Stories told out of sequence. Exactly. So this movie starts in well, what was present day? Nineteen eighty six? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Nineteen eighty seven. At a wrestling tournament. Yes. Where you see the camera pans in on this guy who gets up, feet just gets like sits up, gets up, walks to the garage, and gets into a sword fight with someone. One, cuts the dude heads off. What head was off. the name of that sword again? Which sword? No, uh, not the katana, uh, but the sword that... Um, Fazil. F- the the Fazil head, yes. I don't remember. That was the whole reason why, in the story of the movie, this you know, forensic scientist who is a weapons... Ancient weapons expert. Right. She knows all about metallurgy. <laughs> she knows everything about metallurgy, so she knows exactly what the sword is. Right. Well, and it wasn't only that. She was able to find fragments of the katana, which, as we said, is a 1,500-year-old sword that was made about 1,000 years before it should have been. Well, 
he cuts the dude's head off, gets electrocuted, and runs away. And that's where we go back to the cast, where you see the same character, but he's in the Highlands of Scotland, and he's this fresh-faced young boy going off to his first battle with his clan. And that was an amazing transition. Oh, it was. It's great. And if you don't know where it's going, it just, it comes as, it comes out of nowhere. I mean... Toledo Salamanca. It was a rapier. Okay. It was a Toledo Salamanca rapier. All right. I knew it was a rapier. I just, I did the name Toledo Salamanca, didn't I? Couldn't remember that. Oh, that's okay. Um, so, and you find out that it is the same character. He went into this battle in the 15, 14, 1500s. And it was 1500s. 1500s? Okay. And he was fighting. I mean, it, it was, it was a, it was bloody melee. It was a terrible battle. And then there's this guy who is, you find, you realize. So, so it's not just a guy. This, this, this person, before the battle begins. Right. He says, there's someone on the field named Connor McLeod. Yes. No one can touch him. And he is obviously. Not from the Highlands of Scotland. He is wearing a form of plate armor yep. and has a helmet made out of a skull mm-hmm. and a broadsword that is unlike any of their Scottish claimants. Oh, no, no, no. Exactly. He's completely different. Yeah. So they go into the battle. In the battle, they're actually, everyone's fighting. But Connor's like, no one's coming at me. Right. Someone what fight me. Hell? You cowards. <laughs> he's yelling. He's like, come and get me. And so then this mystery man... He's like, I'll fight you. Right. It's it's a classic (laughs) case of be careful what you wish for. Fight me. Okay. (laughs) This is actually our introduction to Clancy Brown's character, who is the Kurgan. Yep. It's the only name he's given is the Kurgan. Well, he actually uses a pseudonym um, at the... Well, but they all use pseudonyms. Connor McLeod uses multiple pseudonyms. Exactly. But he doesn't even have a name. He is the Kurgan, a Kurgish warrior from... The steppes of Russia. Northern Russia. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And they're supposed to be like... Brutal like, baby eaters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and and I think they actually said that, that he was uh, a baby they eater. tossed babies to wild dogs to Sorry. fight for meat. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> I was. It was a baby thing. Yes, they did terrible things. Yes. Well, he he goes to fight Connor, and Connor obviously has no idea what he's doing because he fights like an idiot. Raises he's his sword. New. Oh, he's young. He's done. and he obviously did not pay attention in combat class. No. <laughs> <laughs> He walks up, completely exposes himself to go for the overheaded chop like you're not supposed to do. Shank. Right in the gut. <laughs> and so he dies. Well, and but the thing is, what, what you've got to remember is, he falls down, and he's exposed, and the Kurgan yells the phrase, There, there can, can be, be only one. one. And raises his sword to cut his head off, but then gets tackled by Connor's clansman. And then Connor lays down and dies. They go. They bring him back. Right. He resurrects. Everyone's afraid of him. Right. They kick him out of town. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, they're they're literally gonna kill him again and yeah. again and again because he died. <laughs> uh, but they kick him out of town. He meets up with his bunny Heather. I mean, their accent was horrible. Well, okay, this was the '80s. They didn't care about authenticity and accents. Yeah, I know, I know. And that's when they. And that's when we meet up with Juan Sanchez Ramirez. Yes. Juan Sanchez Pedro Lopez Community. Yes. Yeah. I was going to correct you. I decided his, 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 not to. His name is, long, is so long, we can just shorten it each time. Yes. <laughs> and the story in itself actually goes back and forth, back and forth between 1987 timeline to whatever year. It was like, yeah. I think it was like five years later. Yeah, it was largely in that, that 1500s, about 450 yeah. years prior timeline is when you spend the majority of the time in the past. There's other yeah. points, but... So, they meet you know, Ramirez, Ramirez, you know, does a montage of training him. Mm-hmm. He trains, he gets better. Ramirez tosses him off into the river. He's like, I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, 
I don't care. Right. You can't <laughs> drown, you fool. <laughs> so he gets he you know, it follows him into, into the water. He he goes he sinks. It's just like <laughs> plop. Yep. <laughs> and then he's he's like I can breathe underwater. What's going on here? Yes. <laughs> and then he just walks up <laughs> out of the water. It and was... immediately tries to kill Ramirez. Yeah. But it's it's oh. it's it's funny. A good story is what it is. It is. And and it's cool because you, you see him in nineteen eighty seven as this he, he is a skilled, skilled sword fighter. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing and he has won many battles to live this long. But then you go back and you see him as this novice just novice novice, yeah. novice let's be generous and call him a novice <laughs> <laughs> so then you know, the the story progresses a little further there's some more you know stuff between ramirez and connor mcleod happen uh what happens is mcleod is away while he's away the kurgan shows up again mm-hmm. and he's like i want mcleod i want to kill mcleod ramirez right and ramirez is like i have trained him so he, he could be able to fight you right He's like, well, I, will, I want to head now. And so he wants to go. And he's like, oh, they start fighting. Lightning, sh- you know, breaks the... Um, and then um, in the end, the Kurgan... Beheads Ramirez. Beheads Ramirez. Then, supposedly after that, he raped McLeod's wife. Right. Because in case we did not understand it, the Kurgan is terrible. The Kurgan is horrible. But it's Clancy Brown. And he did great Oh, he's so good in this movie. <laughs> I mean, you don't root for him. Ever. No, no. But he's so much fun to watch in this movie. Yes. Then there was a, a little scene of Heather, who is, you know, Connor's wife, is growing old, getting right. older. And it, it should be pointed out, I don't think we, we didn't touch on this. not aging. Well, he's not aging, but he also can't have children. No, he cannot. That is a thing about the Immortals, is that they are not able to have children. Yes, they are just barren. Yeah. And that's pretty much all the back end stuff. Then we get into 87, where Connor is being chased down by a, a forensic scientist from the police. And she's trying to have, she's trying to trick him. Right. Because she's saying, oh, I work for the museum in Ancient Weapons. I'm doing an exhibit because he's an antiques dealer. And then he gives her a present. (laughs) And the present is her book about metallurgy, which says she is a forensic scientist for the police department. Yes. And she's like, how did you get this book? And, you know, because it probably came out ages ago. No one buys books. And he's like, I have an extensive library. Right. And especially, (laughs) okay, it's metallurgy. He's... He's, He's an antique stealer. Yes. He deals with this kind of stuff. No, it makes sense. In the end, the Kurgan meets up with McLeod at a church. Because churches are... Holy ground. And holy ground is the one spot you cannot fight. Right. right. And we find out why in another movie. Yes. And and the, the cool thing is, it's it's any holy ground, too. I mean, it could be a church. It could be a graveyard. It could be a synagogue. It could be a mosque. It could be anything. Yeah. As long as it's considered holy ground and has been sanctified by that religion... So it could it could be a Native American right uh, plot, and this is actually shown in the TV show. Yes, so they do expand upon these rules. Right, they are called rules. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they have a few. Yeah. So after this, and uh, you know, the Kurgan meets up with them at the church. Connor's like, "I'm gonna go after you, and I'm gonna kill you." Right. Because that's when the Kurgan says he raped his ex-wife. Yeah. Or, or his, his deceased right. wife. No, he was and, never, and, there was never ex. <laughs> and, and and Connor goes to beat the guy, and he's like. Uh uh-uh, uh, holy ground, don't touch me. <laughs> and the Kurgan's doing it purely to taunt him because oh. the Kurgan does not fear him he at care. all. Then um the Kurgan sees that the if Rachel was her name. Uh Rachel is a forensic scientist. No. Heather was the forensic No, 
No, oh, he- oh, he- oh, Heather oh, was you're the right. wife. Yeah. Rachel was the forensic scientist. Yeah, you're right. I, Heather I was like, slapped myself 1500s. in the head as soon as I said it. Yes, yes. You should be slapping I've seen the movie a million times, too. <laughs> so, Heather... Oh, not Heather. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did. <laughs> Kurgan sees Rachel, uh, you know, going to McLeod's, and he's like, oh, they're sort of together. He, so, he doesn't know if they're, a, you know, an item, which they sort of become. Right. Or if they are, you know, work, you know, whatever. But it's something that is in Connor's life. Right. So, he goes and he kidnaps her. Mm-hmm. And it takes her on the greatest joy ride I've ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she she is screaming her head off yeah. to, during to, this ride. To a great rendition of New York, New York by Queen. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Connor gets a phone call, I think. Yeah, yes. it, it, was yeah a, it, it was a phone call. It was on the voicemail, actually. Answering machine. Sorry. Sorry. Quit it using was, your newfangled words, I man. newfangled words. It, it, <laughs> it was on the answering machine. Good old 80s throwback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great technology. <laughs> and that's how we found out, you know, that they were at the Silver Cup. Yes. New uh, York City landmark. Yes. Well, it wasn't the 80s. <laughs> it wasn't the 80s. <laughs> and so then they, you know, go to the top of the Silver Cup and they start having a nice little sword match. And this is when things started to get a little freaky and so they knock down a water tower mm-hmm. and the water tower you know floods the entire um the roof the roof area yeah. and they cut the um the electrical power to the the silver cup sign so the water is all electrocuted so they're constantly getting electrocuted right fine and, and and that's great and i understand that and that was you know perfect the animation on that and i have to say this is animation not cgi because this is actually pretty much cartoon oh yeah you know drawing on it you know the animation on it was pretty good but Rachel is tied to the silver cup sign. She gets pulled. She got pushed down. She lands on the ledge. So she's not being electrocuted. I understand that. I'm okay with that. Right. It's all good. They fall then through into the, the yeah, silver cup through building, the skylight in, into the into the warehouse. They still keep on having their battle. And then all of a sudden, Rachel shows up. Yes. A. <laughs> how does she get down? B. She had to have been sort of electrocuted at some point. What? What? Maybe when the skylight broke, the water drained through that, and she was able to get down. I no, I don't. Probably not. But you, for one, you didn't see water actually. You know what? You know what it actually was. It was Moving the director. It was the director saying, "Oh crap! How is she going to get down? <laughs> hey, look, she's there." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that was my, my one big what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, that's where Rachel is, uh, and then they have Connor chops off the head. Yep. Then we get this huge, Connor gets floating up, and you see the wires. <laughs> <laughs> the wires are not being hit, and they are right there. Right. <laughs> and then you have, like, animated dragons, like, flying around. Hey, that was the coolest 80s thing in the world. Though. It was amazing back then. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like... Cartoons. Yeah, basically. Um, and that was pretty much the movie. Uh, Connor says he was the survivor. He was right. the, He's the winner of the prize. But it's not really the winner of the full prize, according to what we've seen well, in the TV show. that's the thing. This movie, as a one-off, is dang near perfect. Yes. But any sequel has to explain the fact that, well, okay, he didn't actually win. Something else happened. And some movies, some of the movies actually attempted to explain this others just who did really tried okay they tried i didn't say they were good they tried it's it imagine this there is a house on fire and so the fireman sprayed the house across the street because he was trying to put out that house fire no it's even worse than that that is how it's even you're right he forgot to hook up his hose (laughs) that is highlander 2 highlander 2 is there's a house on fire the fireman decides 
He's going to take a cigar and let his... And let his <laughs> <laughs> that! Yes. That was their success in Highlander 2. And then other things, like the TV show basically completely ignores it and doesn't actually come out and say that he didn't win, but he just they just kind of imply that there was other immortals and that the Kurgan was just a big bad. Yeah, the Kurgan was just... He was one of the more powerful ones. Right. And that's why... It, he got all of this. Yeah. But the extra verbiage at the end of the movie... And you basically have to ignore the last five minutes. The last five minutes of the movie, you know, he says, I can now have children. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> Stick your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 la. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much end the movie at the point of the end of the warehouse scene, and we're good. Yeah. <laughs> then you can go with the sequels and not be tainted. But that is our uh, take on Highlander. Yes. We loved it, if you didn't tell. Oh, I, I love the Highlander. I know there's some critiquing in here, but everything needs a little bit of critiquing. Well, absolutely. But it was a good movie. It's a great movie. Great soundtrack. Yep. Amazing soundtrack. Yes. And it's it, there's been talk for years of them remaking it. Yeah. I would be okay with it with a complete remake. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously they'll take pieces of it yeah. and and intersperse it in there. And I'm sure the core story will be roughly the same. But new actors, modern technology, honestly, and. As much as I enjoy the sword fights, better fight choreography. Oh, much, yeah. Again, remember, this is 87. Right. We're now in 2020. Right. <laughs> and we've it's, seen a lot more from there. one thing you got to give Highlander Endgame is the fight choreography. It was much better. Do you know why? Do you know who did the fight choreography in that? No. Who? Donnie Yen. Ah. Uh, that explains a lot. <laughs> who was also in the movie. Yes. <clears throat> but that is Highlander. Yep. Uh, thank you for listening to that. Now we're going to go with Jason. He's finished. Westworld West season, season two. two. Okay, so I've got thoughts, mostly positive. I really enjoyed the second season. Um, they again went with multiple storylines, mm-hmm. largely, and it was basically a continuation of the same storylines. Oh, just but a remember, lot has changed. Westworld season one was years, decades. It right. was. It lasted from the beginning. With again, spoilers. We're going to do spoilers. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. It began <laughs> with with the introduction of, of William as Jimmy Smith. Simpson? Jimmy Simpson? Yes. I did that wrong in the first time I did that. <laughs> Honestly, I'm editing that episode right now. <laughs> Ed, Jimmy Simpson, uh, William is the beginning of Jimmy Simpson, and then we see again uh, as William as the man in black. Yes. Who is amazing. Ed oh, Harris. Ed Harris is so good. But that was, you know, that you right. needed. Yeah, you know, they, they told that story different time periods separated by about 30 years. Yes. Season two... It's two weeks. Right. The majority of it. Now, they do go into the past, but it's mainly for exposition and just to kind of fill you in on a couple of facts, but it's not like you're following a set storyline in the past. No, no. And this is where you actually get in a lot of the backstory on Bernard and Arnold. Yeah. Because you learn that it wasn't only Ford who created Bernard. It was largely Dolores who tested him because Arnold spent so much time trying to perfect Dolores. Ford didn't create... Bernard at all. I thought he created the body and basically... He created the body. And filled in some of the mind, but put in Dolores there to fine-tune all the details. Well, the thing was, Arnold was the one that actually created the bodies. True. Ford was really a storyteller. So, and, and yes, Ford did have mechanics in the background, but Arnold was the one that actually did majority of the process. He was literally the brains behind the operation. Yeah, yeah. Arnold was... I mean, Ford did do a lot of the back-end coding stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's a coder, you know, stuff like that. But you like you need an engineer, and you need you need a coder. So you need you know both. Right. Um, and it shows that in the in the show with Bernard though. Bernard was the code was already written. The body was made prior by Arnold. So Dolores 
was creating the story of the character of Bernard, using the backstory of Arnold as partial because, to give. Because she couldn't perfect it. So she had to slightly change it and create a whole new character so that when he came online, he wasn't trying to be a sentient human because he's not. Which is the whole reason why Delos kept on dying. Right. Which, that was freaky. <laughs> so the, the, this, this character, 30 years in the past, it's actually William's um, father-in-law. You find out that he died, and you keep seeing him wake up in this apartment and look at his magazine and drink his coffee and do you know various things there's little differences each time you see it he shakes at a different time and then william comes in and they always have the same conversation and you find out that it's a fidelity test it's a it's a fidelity test they have put this person into a robot body over a hundred times trying to perfect it but he goes insane I think at most they said he lasted a week. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the year. I think it was time. it was like a week. But he would always go insane because he was trying to fit into an existing life and it, it wouldn't compute. No. And I think the main cause of this was the fact that Delos was trying to live whenever he was living as normal. And he was, and that's why he lasted the week or it was the longest time. When he was just living the time and, and staying in the apartment, pretty much he was self-quarantined. <laughs> uh, but, you know, up until the point where he actually had to interact with someone. Yeah. The interaction caused the, you know. Breakdown. Breakdown at the, at the point. Yeah. It's, if you don't interact with him, he's not able to actually notice that he is imperfect. You're right. And, but once he does, then he's like, oh, well. I'm actually, I'm not really Delos. I am actually a robot. Yeah. Now, you mainly... Go ahead. No, it's host. Host. Not robot. So you mainly follow three storylines in this, much like last time. And I'm going to, I want to touch on them in order of how much I liked them. (laughs) Maeve's storyline. So you like that one better. Oh, so good. Because Maeve, all right, in the first season, she's trying to escape and she basically flips on God mode so she can reprogram bots at will. Yep. And then she finds out that she was programmed to do this. She was programmed to escape. And she's on the train. She's ready to leave. And she says, "Uh uh-uh, I want to go save my daughter. And And she breaks programming. That's the time when she breaks her programming. Exactly. So this entire season is her fully awake, making her own decisions, and just doing cool stuff. And it shows that, I mean, yes, some of these people were terrible, but she's not a murderer. No. She left Felix alive. Yes. Felix helped her. She left Sylvester alive. Sylvester was a jag. Sylvester was But he stupid. had use, and she didn't want to kill someone just because. She let Lee live, even though Lee is the one who was writing the terrible story of their lives. She left him alive. Mm-hmm. And because she's not a killer, she wants her daughter, and that's all she wants. Pretty much. And then she recruits two of the best characters in Felix and Armistice. No, no. You use Felix again. Oh, not Hector. Felix. Hector. Hector. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Hector and Armistice. And... I gotta say, I have a soft spot for uh, katanas and samurai, which is one of the reasons why I loved Highlander. So when they go to Shogun World and they meet their doppelgangers, that was such a great episode. It was largely a Maeve episode. It was awesome. It was great. It was great. So, and and her, her ending in this was tragic, but beautiful. The fact that she was not able to go into the land beyond. Right. Yes. But she held them off and watched her daughter go in. Yes. So she knew she was safe. It was great. Good. What's the next one? Next one is Bernard. This one, see, I, I do think that some of the time shenanigans they played in this season were a little bit confusing for confusion's sake. Mm-hmm. Whereas it was mainly, this is the story of William 
this is the rest of it, and you find out how William becomes the man in black, and that was their time shenanigans. Mm-hmm. This one, you're actually seeing well, Bernard. It's also, it's also the time shenanigans of Dolores trying to find who she is. Uh, yes and no, because it's Dolores. The only time Dolores is in the William stuff is in relation to William. That's yeah. really not Dolores, I mean. But I guess in this season, you, you see Bernard in three different timelines. Mm-hmm. And it's not clear until the last episode how it all fits. And they, they do kind of explain it away by saying that he scrambled his own memories. Oh, yeah. So they couldn't be used against him. Which, as a fan of Star Trek, I am not against using technological gobbledygook <laughs> to explain something away. So I'll take it. I just felt that it was a little bit too confusing. But the thing was, it was meant for that. Because you started yeah. off the first episode of season two, he was mind wiped. Yes. And then the last episode of season two, you find out why he was mind wiped. <laughs> you find out he wiped his own mind. Yes. And so, and that was, that was pretty cool. And I, I did enjoy the fact that um, Elsie was alive, even though she died in the end. Um, but I like that character. She was fun. So yeah. I was kind of glad she came back for this season. Um, I am going to touch on another character who was the focal point of one episode. He was an amazing character. So this character, and I'm going to butcher the name, is Akichka. Akichita. Akichita. There you go. So he is, in episode seven, he is the uh, the Ghost Nation warrior who kidnaps Maeve's daughter. And throughout this episode, he's talking to the daughter, basically saying that, telling her his story, how he found the bloodbath that when Dolores killed Arnold, he found that, found the maze, and was affected by it. And he was really... After Dolores, he was the other, he was the first one to gain sentience. Actually, I think he gained sentience before Dolores did. Didn't Dolores gain sentience, basically? Oh, no, she Dolores failed. She didn't failed. do it until the end. Okay, so this guy was the first one to gain sentience. Dolores didn't get sentience until the pretty much the end of season one. True, yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> actual timeline? Yes. <laughs> Dolores was first. Yeah. But that's but, just the yeah, story. No, you're, you're right, you're right. And so he, he passed this on to his tribe, and he was able to break out of what they had him doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was my favorite part of the episode when they find out, because he, he lets himself be killed because he wants to find his love who's disappeared. Yep. And been replaced. So we know what that we know what that means. She's in cold storage. Mm-hmm. That the model the, that bot has been retired. So he lets himself be killed and they're saying, Oh wow, he's running an old operating system and he hasn't been updated in like I think it was like ten or yeah, twelve patches. It was, it was ten years. Ten years that this guy was roaming around Westworld because he knew what was going on, so he was avoiding death. It <laughs> that was cool. But his story was great because he he was sentient and he tried to get other hosts to be sentient and he actually succeeded with some of the tribe. A good amount of the tribe. Right. And then he actually was trying to go further on, which is when he met Maeve's daughter and yes. he was trying to make her go sentient as well. Right. And in the end, you could see that she was retaining memories. Mm-hmm. So he was he was awesome and I am very glad that he made it to the land beyond. So and found the woman he loved. Yep. That was it was it was a nice little uh, little ending to there because in in Westworld it's nice to have a happy ending once in a while. I hope there's as many. Yeah. <laughs> and so then the next story. It's it's. One I of still my... think there's two more, but I, I mean you're saying there's only one more. I'm saying there's two. Uh, oh, are you thinking the Man in Black? Yes. Yeah, that one was decent. I enjoyed it, but not nearly as much as the first season. No, exactly. But here in the <clears> second <throat> season, we find out with the Man in Black. Because we're gonna go, we'll get the last one in a moment. But with this one, you actually find that he has a daughter. Yes. And the man in black is going around and you know trying to kill everything, and his daughter just 
hooks up to him. And so he has no idea. He's like, why is his daughter there? His daughter hates Westworld. His daughter would right. much rather go to one of the pleasure, you know, pleasure places like India. Right. Which she was. <laughs> exactly. And she got attacked by a tiger. <laughs> yes. And so she's now with William. And he's like, I don't believe that you're my daughter. That All right. That aspect of it was cool was that you see this guy has had a complete breakdown because he is questioning reality at every single turn. Yeah. And he feels that Ford is just trying to manipulate him the entire time. Mm-hmm. It's just It was a heart-wrenching scene. Where just a bunch of uh, security guards show up. William's like, and his daughter's like, oh, they're here to help us, to take, right. us to take us away, to protect us. He's like, I don't believe that they are that them. I think this is a, a trick from Ford, and I don't trust you either. <laughs> and so he shoots them all. Yeah. His daughter included. Yeah. And he finds out that it actually is his real daughter, because she had a digital card a memory card that his, that her mother had right that was his profile on westworld yes and so since <laughs> he knew that's what it was he knew that was his actual daughter it kind of made him go even further oh yeah insane which leads to that little stinger at the end after the credits and it's like what's going on here we'll get to that after yeah <laughs> so all right my it's, it's my least i enjoyed it but this is still probably my least favorite was dolores so Dolores goes full murder bot in this season. Dolores goes Wyatt. She goes Wyatt. And I I think I was okay with it to the point where she's she's trying to liberate her people and this is a good thing. But she 100% crossed over into villain territory when she reprogrammed Teddy. Mm. Because she looked at it and she said, okay, well, Teddy's not going to be able to last in this. I'm going to change him to be what I need. Because Teddy is too nice. Exactly. And while I get her reasoning, she has become exactly what she hates. Yes. Because now she's just viewing Teddy as... A piece of meat. A piece of meat for her to do with as she pleases, and she reprograms him, just like Delos would have done, to suit her needs. Yes. So from that point on, she is a straight-up irredeemable villain. She gets her own posse. She, people go and do her bidding. Even Teddy. Teddy just couldn't handle it, though, anymore. Right. Well, because he, he was, in his programming, he was basically a good person, mm-hmm. but he also loved Dolores, so he was very conflicted when Dolores went murderbot. Yes. And so he had to kill himself. That was... <laughs> but he still didn't die, because it doesn't matter how you kill yourself, the item in their head, which is called a pearl. Yes. It's a nice little circular uh, device. That item cannot be killed by bullets. Right. And you see that she did upload him into the, the land, land beyond. beyond. Yeah. As ca- so while I say she cannot be redeemed, she really can't. But that was still a very nice moment where she did at least undo some of the damage she did when she altered him. Yes. But man, that scene when he's like, you know, I see where you're going and I am designed to protect you, but I can't protect you anymore. And he killed himself. Yes. That was, that was amazing. That was wild. James Marsden was awesome in yeah. that role. He was he was very good. He was he he played the vanilla Teddy very well. Then he played Murderbot Teddy very well, and then conflicted. I'm going to kill myself because I can't do this anymore. Teddy was amazing. It was great. So then, the story of Dolores moves on to go to the forge. Yes, where where they're storing all of the host data and all of the park visitor data because they're basically trying to recreate these people. Yes, which is villainous and terrible. Yes, but this is not a Dolores thing. This is a Ford thing. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a Delos thing. This is a Delos thing, yes. And in that, Charlotte <laughs> was the one all about getting all that data. Oh, yeah. And she put the data in Dolores' own father. Yeah, and and she proved that she was willing to kill for it. Oh, God, yeah. 
I mean, she she killed Elsie yep. to protect this data. She was also a villain. I mean, yes. So her her fate, kind of great. Um, her fate is she gets replaced. Yes, and her own host doppelganger kills her. The host doppelganger was Dolores. Yeah, it was Dolores's consciousness and a Charlotte Hale body. It was pretty great. Yes, because uh, Dolores at the forge got killed, but they took the br- they took the right. the pearl out and put it into the Charlotte body. Yes. And so then Charlotte then kills Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and escapes with several pearls. I counted five, five. or six. Was five? five? Pearls. Okay. Five pearls, one of which we know was Bernard. Yes. But other than that, I, I don't know who else she took. That's something we're gonna find out. Yes. I will be starting season three, so we can And the reason why we're having a little bit of a gap between Westworld Episode two of season three. I'm oh, sorry, not episode two. Uh, Westworld, you know, the last episode we did. Yeah. And the one, you know, that was coming up is actually this two episodes now. Right. <laughs> but we'll do one at a time. I might actually do them both together again. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but there's so much <laughs> that I don't want to spoil for Jason <laughs> that I was like, we have to let him finish this to go further. And yeah, it was it was good. Like I said, I, I did like the first season a little bit better, but this was pretty good. It's a good story. Jonathan Nolan is amazing at this stuff. Oh yeah. He's 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 a great writer. Yeah. And there's only a few more episodes left of season three, so Yeah, I'm jumping on it, so we'll get caught up. Well, thank you for listening to us on Westworld season two. I have been your geek Scott. I've been your geek Jason. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> <laughs>